GameZillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino Nine, and Jazzy Fiddle. GameZilla. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, co-host, Jazzy Fiddle! Oh. <laughs> you get so much hype every time. I think you try to outdo yourself every show. Yeah. That one, that one hurt a little bit. <laughs> your face is red. By hurt <laughs> a little face. bit, I mean I have a hernia. <laughs> But it was worth it. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. All right. I'm apparently going to have to drive you to the hospital now. Nah, I'm good. But I do want to introduce the producers of this fine, fine show, the Deadite Knight and Testonomics. If you're driving anyone anywhere, it's going to be me back to my home to get fresh clothes because I'm definitely going to defecate myself based on the sliders we ate before the show. Mm. Oh, okay. It was okay. worth it, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've now like I want my gravestone to say I lived a life eating food that was worth the diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want me driving anywhere because I will be texting while I'm driving. This yeah, is true. That's true. My dad saw that one time while test passed us in a Meyer parking lot, and he instantly disapproved. I'm still trying to make up for it to this day. <laughs> Good luck. Well, welcome to episode 218 of the Gamesville Podcast. How are we all doing? We're doing good. We are doing good. Well, Jazzy, why are we here? We are here because of Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. As a patron, your contribution goes to the continued sport and growth of GameZilla Media with five unique levels of access starting at just $1 a month. The more you contribute, the more access you can get to your favorite GameZilla Media shows. Like this show voting on weekly polls in which you get to pick a topic that we talk about. What could be better than influencing this show by picking what we talk about? <sighs> nothing. nothing. The answer is it, nothing. Okay, so uh, thank you. Thank you. you. As long as you pick good <laughs> topics. Because <laughs> if you pick dumb topics, I'm going to be on this show saying that our patrons pick dumb topics just to make me talk about them and make me angry. Someone is real salty. It I'm keeps happening. <laughs> it keeps happening. I think there's collusion where they're like, let's pick the dumbest topic and make them talk about it. It's they, collusion. It has been proven that our community does like us, does like to watch us suffer. I do believe that <laughs> and is a as fact. a patron, that is their right. So thank <laughs> yeah, you for supporting <laughs> the game. <laughs> throw, you throw a couple bucks at us, we'll take the abuse. <laughs> Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Let's get into team talk. Oh, don't mind if I do. Don't worry, just, uh, just dragging things out a little bit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You thought I was just doing a bad job. I'll go first just because of this. So my uh, gaming gaming moment of the week. I uh, was up north all weekend spending time with the family in the UP, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, 
uh, where the Youpers live, and I brought my Switch and didn't touch it all weekend because I was busy mountain biking, uh, you know, hanging out in Lake Michigan, just having a good time. But on my way home, I got hungry, and I stopped in Bay City, where I got to uh, stop at a little shop called One Up Games. And this caught my wife's eye because the giant sign on the, uh, you know, on their building was 8-bit font, and it was done it looked really nice so i was like okay yeah we'll swing over there uh getting in there i got to find myself mega man battle network 2 yeah the battle network yeah. 2 and i was like we just were talking about this game it's one i really been wanting to add to my collection so i picked it up and i have been playing that on the ds Lite since i got home i love this game i will i will admit i completely forgot how to play it so when i first booted it up there was a save file already on it and i went right into it it was near the end game, and I like he'd go into a mat, go into a fight, and I'm like, okay, I'll pick my moves, and then I'm waiting for my turn to start, and I'm just getting blasted over, and I'm dead, and I'm like, huh, I don't remember what to do, and that's when I realized, oh, you actively move even though it is tactic tactics based. Um, so yeah, anyways, I erased that, started over so I could get the tutorial, <laughs> and now I'm having fun with it. But yeah, that's uh, what this music is from. If you haven't caught on. But that was my gaming moment of the week. Huge shout out to uh, 1UP Games. They are probably either watching us or listening to us right now. Uh, I got to meet one of the uh, owners of the shop, and it was uh, it was really cool. So if you are in the Bay City area and you stop at 1UP Games, you can grab one of our cards right from their counter, and you can uh, you know enjoy the GameZilla logo with a uh, little GameZilla action going on. But make sure to stop in, check out this game shop, they got a lot of cool stuff, a lot of a lot of rare gems, and a lot of you know uncommons. I was like like rubies and sapphires yeah, and gems. diamonds, actual and gems, opal, or like completing the box Chrono Trigger on the SNES. Maybe you want Sunset Riders for the SNES or Sega Genesis. They got it. Sunset Riders is good. But the gem that I found, I didn't buy it. Dragon and I and I regret ever. I regret it to this moment. They had Wu Kang Wu. Clan, well, Wu Tang Clan, Wu Tang, Wu -Tang Clan, Clan, Shaolin style fighting game or something like that for the PS One. I didn't even know it was a game. It's like Gamezilla. It's for the children. <laughs> yeah. You passed up an opportunity for us to have a Wu Tang Clan game in the library upstairs. That's surprisingly hard to say, isn't it? Wu Tang Clan. There you go. You got it out. But you, you've been hung up on that that one before that. Yeah, but I'm dumb. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> dumb too. So it's okay. <laughs> Dead but, I, true or false? I hear that the Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to f with. Is that true? I've heard that. Oh, okay, I've, I'm heard, I've heard it I'm too. Just, but well, they I've, a, I've heard that they like hip hop. But they have a video game on the PlayStation One, and I get to see it. It, 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 it was uh, that was something. How I many had. dollars did they want? For I think that? it was like twenty-one bucks. I would have mm. I would have cashed up you eleven. I if probably, probably would have cashed up too. Man, I know. I was I was kind of kind of I kind of slipped up. I was caught up in the moment because there were so many great games. But I did take a picture of it, so maybe I'll throw that up on the uh on the gram Ooh, yeah so we have an instagram yeah gamezilla media on instagram that's follow it. it that's it. yeah that's it <laughs> that's it please follow it give <laughs> us comments could. give us those little hearts <laughs> you could see a picture of the wood i can't even say it because i always i'm too try, i'm trying wu-tang clan. Wu -Tang clan but i don't know why it was so hard my, to begin with. my problem is i watch and play too much league of legends that i instantly go wukong <laughs> instead yes. of wu-tang yes <laughs> 
It's also why Deadite's in there being like, man, you know what my favorite impression is? Jazzy's Starscream impression. I'm like, it's not even a Starscream impression. It's good, though. <laughs> it's, it, it happens it's to be supposed, a decent Starscream it's because supposed it's not to be supposed a Starscream. to be Starscream. We were talking about Starscream <laughs> earlier today. I was like, man, I love Starscream. I also love Jazzy's impression of Starscream. <laughs> so, yeah, it's supposed made by... Viger real quick, here's my... I got my photo up. It's, it's, it's Wu-Tang, Shaolin style, by Activision. Oh, Activision has got to be PS1. good. Activision was at their height on the PS1. PS1. And that was, might not be And that was though. right above Vampire Hunter D on the PS1. So you know you knew you knew Wu-Tang was a legit game if they're going to put it up on top shelf. Vampire Hunter D. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I own that. So it's a good game. All right, Jazzy, gaming moment of the week. Um my gaming moment of the week is uh not the greatest one because I was able to pick up some League of Legends. Played a couple games at ARAM, had some fun. I'm like, I'm feeling it. This game is like riding a bike to me. No problems. Then I decided to go ahead and queue up two ranked games in which I think I've played the worst League of Legends I've ever played in my life. I uh, went 0-14 as Syndra on the first game. And then 0-12 is Caitlyn in the second game. Oh, dear and Lord. And I literally felt like, you ever get like, where it's like you could kind of like feel like the inside of your body's hot because you're just so frustrated and, and upset. Like I had to put the game down because I, I just had this like feeling where I start was starting to shake. And it's not because like I had bad teammates or, or anything like that. I just I got behind in, in my matches and just could not catch up because for whatever reason I'm out of practice or well, we know you're Syndra out of practice. and Caitlyn are not, are not uh, champs that I should be playing anymore. But, um, yeah, I just had a really rough go at it, which is weird because the ARAM games that I played before, I did really well in. So uh, I just had had a real rough go and uh, had, to t- had to take that quick uh, break from my tilt this weekend. But First of all, you're playing out of position because you don't even know. We don't know what positions are anymore. Yeah, I, I did fill both of those times. So I got selected mid Syndra, which is a position that I'm normally used to, but I obviously didn't do well at all. And then I did get filled bot, which is supposed to be ADC, but who even knows what that's supposed to be anymore. So positions I am not used to, I should say. Well, we'll have to play some league here soon because I'm, I'm itching to play. Yeah, so. let's do it. Deadite, gaming moment of the week. My gaming moment of the week as it often is, involves some local playing because I'm a couch co-op guy. So, we play Rocket League on our lunch breaks almost every single day at work. I, you know, Grimlock and I work together outside of Gamezilla and also uh, Sashin and Invalid. We all work in the same building. So we meet up on lunch, we get our switches out, and Rocket League gets going. Well, Sasha and I had the idea yesterday, and we implemented it today, where we decided to play Rumble Mode. Which, which is something that we've never done. I've played Rumble like one other time in my life just to see what it was. If you're not familiar with Rumble mode, it's just regular Rocket League, but you get Mario Kart-like power-ups. You get different weapons and different enhancements that you know have a 10-second cooldown time after you use them, and they randomize. So it's total chaos playing with Rumble, but it was kind of fun to spice it up, and, and we were having a really good time and having a lot of good laughs over some of the like dumb things we were doing with our different power-ups. There was one goal 
um, that Sashin used a, a punch fist to just punch it right into the goal. And then from his goal, from his goal, all the way across the entire map, just like he went to save the goal and just punched it the entire way. I had one where Grim got past me with the ball and he, he's heading towards my goal and I'm behind him and I have a suction cup and I shoot the suction cup. And right as Grimm's about to jump and take a shot, and I just yank the ball away from Grimm, and then it slingshots right into the goal for a for a goal. Yeah, and was it was a- like, oh my god, I can't believe I just did that. That was the game where we were up three nothing, and we lost five to three in the matter of thirty seconds because of things like that. Uh, so it's one of those things like um, when we play Rocket League at lunch. There is a really high level of competition. We all really like just pushing it in on each other. We love winning the games. That's dirty, but yeah, I guess I agree. But yeah, that's uh that wasn't the best way to phrase that one. That <laughs> one's going to come back to haunt me. <laughs> but I was trying to not swear when I said it. So <laughs> that is what it is now at this point. It's out there. Um but also at the same time like we get really excited for each other when like sweet goals, like aerial goals and like cool shots are done. So then today was just like all of us like shoving each other and like laughing about the stupid ways we were we were scoring goals. So that was for sure my gaming highlight of the week. Yeah, I've never played Rumble. It was my first time playing it today and it was uh at first, I was annoyed because I got teamed up with with the AI because we were just doing two v two at the mo- at that moment, and I'm like all of a sudden up three. No, no. The annoying thing was Sashin picked the throwback map, which has space behind the goal, like a hockey goal, so it's just terrible to play. It's no, because the, the annoying thing was I didn't realize we were playing Rumble, and I'm <laughs> driving, and I'm like, oh, I got a goal, and all of a sudden, I'm just boosting on a control, and I'm like, wait, the game's glitching. Why am I boosting? I'm not holding the boost button down, and then all of a sudden, I get booted by a shoe, and I'm like, what is going on? And that's when I was like, ha, 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 it's Rumble, and I'm like, wait, what? So, yeah. You guys, you guys left me in the dark until I we already gotcha. got. Yeah, you got. We me. got. You gotcha. got me. You being got. But it was good. All right, testonomics gaming moment of the week. So I was able to play some multiplayer with some people I haven't played multiplayer with in quite some time. So I don't remember what day it was. Let's call it Thursday last Ooh, week. It's a good day. I'm playing online Paladins free to play on Nintendo Switch with the Deadite Knight and Gangster Class Mother Truck and Rick. Good. And you forgot Inkster in there. Yes, 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 Inkster. Um and we would just gave Paladins a couple rounds and it was surprisingly fun. So it is free to play um and they do it League of Legends style, right? Where you have some champions that you own and then there are some on rotation. So you can try out different champions. Um you can buy everything with in-game currency. There's all there's a lot to buy with the in-game currency. Um, you can speed unlock some of it. If you pay something like $48, you can get almost everything. Um, but it was a real cool mix of Overwatch. Uh, but you can tell it was made by the people who made uh, Smite and Realm Royale because it had a little bit more of that cartoonish, over-the-top feel to it. Uh, mixed with a little bit of League because you are picking your champions. If you play uh, a legitimate, just not free play match, you are you go through a banning phase and then you select your champions back and forth. So there is a bit more strategy than like every team needs Reinhardt or every team needs Mercy, you know. But it's also a lot more goofy and fun because they do have that bit over the top that comes from um, high reses, you know, Smite and um, and Realm Royale. So uh, surprisingly fun for a free to play. It's a little heavy as far as data goes. I think it's a nine gigabyte game. 
Um, so switch users out there that haven't bought a memory card yet. First of all, shame on you. Um, second of all, yeah, we know we know Jazzy's raising his hand his hand here live <laughs> on Twitch. Um, we know when you could have got a, a 64 gig memory card for thirteen dollars on Amazon Prime Day, you know. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, it has a super fun game, and it was cool to kind of get back into that twin stick shooter. Um, you know, not playing Splatoon, not playing you know Fortnite on PC, just a first person twin stick shooter. Um, or dual joystick shooter, I guess not twin sticks. You know what I mean. Um, and getting back in with uh with some of the old Overwatch crew from uh my days of a PlayStation Four guy. So that was really cool. Otherwise, I just you know thirty forty hours in Minecraft, but we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> Jazzy's at, Jazzy's at one hundred twenty five hours. You know what I will say is I've been playing my Switch docked, which is odd for me because I never played my Switch docked because I want to use the Pro Controller. Love the Pro Controller. Fits real comfortable. All the button placements, like, great. It's one of the best I, controllers one, ever Yeah, one of the best controllers for sure. Ever. And uh, the only problem I will say I do have with it is, like, the home and plus and minus button are, are a little small, and they're kind of, like... They're laid in in my controller because I painted well, stop it. Stop having so manly hands. <laughs> yeah, I have these little dainty carnival worker hands that are like little. My hands are so small. Like perspective next to my face, they're just little jazzy. Yeah. Hold on, put hold your on. hand against. That's not it's how this not works. Even on screen. Oh wow! <laughs> I have little hands. <laughs> Oh, that was creepy. Uh, yeah, creepy. my hands are. My wife is five foot three, and her hands are just slightly smaller than mine. And I have, and I'm five eleven. Yeah, so. well, that's the problem. Uh, just get rid of those hands. Get some robot. Yeah, hands. maybe, maybe it is. But um, I, I but did. But you got a big wiener too. I did pull. <laughs> <laughs> way off topic, but um, I did. I did undock it so that I could play in the uh, love sack, and I fr- I didn't realize. Yeah, the love sack. That's love what sack. we call yeah. it. Love yes, sack yes. with the big. In, uh, <laughs> how far this the the. I can't. I'm done. I'm done. Done with my no, story. Wanted, Go on. I, nope. wanted, I, don't, I don't even remember I really what I was going to say about the love I sack and the dogs. <laughs> so what he's what he's trying to say is he accidentally takes a lot of screenshots because he's trying to hit minus. Or right, right. Hit I've done that. And yeah, let's a, get into the news. Do I? Do I? I don't blame the minus button being too small for that. I blame the positioning of the screenshot button being too easy to push. It's too easy. Yeah. I just. I it's blame well. Jazzy's wiener. Uh, uh, before we move into the, our next seg- segment, though, I did want to bring up that it's a gaming moment of the week, but we haven't actually played it yet, but the excitement that I saw in Deadite's eyes today when I let him know that I bought a reproduction card. Yes! This was... <laughs> I Okay, I don't actually get excited about, like, big things in life. It's these little things that just drive me insanely happy. Tell them about this. So I got this cart. Same one up games had had some like had a whole glass case of like custom reproduction carts. And one of them was NBA Jam Tournament Edition for the SNES 2K17. And so and it had Steph Curry on the on the label. And I'm like, what is this? And they're like, it's literally what you think. It's NBA Jam for the SNES tournament edition. With updated rosters, and I was like, "Give it!" To- I don't like. I didn't even ask how much it was. I go, "Yeah, I'll take it." And then I was like, "Well, how much is it?" And they're like, 30 bucks." I'm like, "Yep, give it to me." <laughs> I'm like, "This is gonna be amazing." So we'll have to. We're Deadite and I are gonna have to get some uh, some time on on because you got a working retron. I don't. Mm-hmm. So that's we can easily stream through that. Maybe, I'll, I'll maybe bring get, it over. You got yeah. the game. I'll bring it over. Yeah. You pick. Maybe a day, pre- and we'll make it happen. How yeah. about next Monday we can play we it can for the, the pre-show? pre-show? 
well, we probably won't do a show then because we'll be heated and then just playing it yeah, for hours. This is true. That's but fine. it's also worth it. I don't think I can wait till next Monday. Well, we can play before that, but okay, okay. yeah, we got to make sure we got to test it. We got to make sure. It works. Yeah, yeah, it'd be <laughs> tragic. We'd end up having to play College Slam or something. If, right, uh, exactly. But they also make they make these same games. This company that does this, they make uh, the Tecmo Super Bowl. They make the NHL games, all with updated rosters. But the old the old uh, game. Yeah, I figured you'd like the hockey one. Jazzy. I remember those good old days where... The best hockey games ever made. Yeah, where you only had to use like eight buttons instead of 472 combos. <laughs> yes, this is true. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that myself nor Test ever got into... There's a there's a free online um, version, basically the same thing, but N64 wrestling games. Where it's like the No Mercy engine with updated modern rosters, and I've just, I've I've thought about it, but I'm like ah, I don't know. But now that I think more about how fun that jam would be, I'm like I could I could stream this N64 replica um, modern ro- roster wrestling game, and you'll lose me. You guys will never see me again. Could be a dream come true for everybody. It's true. All right, well, that's what we're into. We want to know, what are you playing right now? And then you do that by joining the Discord. Just head on over to gameslimedia.com, click on that Discord button right on the homepage, and join a ever-growing community of gamers from around the world. Talk about games every day. Let's get into some news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. Alexander, what about this monster story of yours? Download the game. Topic number one. GameStop is following in the footsteps of Best Buy. They are shutting down their Elite Pro membership starting... Today, the day that you're basically listening to this, August 1st. If you're watching us live, then get to game. Stop watching us. Get to GameStop if you actually care. But tomorrow, August 1st, there will be no more Elite Pro membership. They're blowing it out of the water because let's be honest, they don't need it anymore because Game or uh, Best Buy stopped, and Amazon has already altered their their perks with Amazon Prime. So. I think GameStop's kind of stepping in the same the same boat here, and I think they also have a they have too many options, because you got the free version, then you get the pro version, which is fifteen dollars a year, then you get the elite pro version, which is thirty dollars a year, and your differences are simply how many points you get per dollar spent when those points build up, and you can redeem them for pretty much anything: products, gift cards, everything. Yeah. Jazzy blockers. You don't want to play with Jazzy? Block them. Well, um, the problem, too, is they set up, like, specific days throughout the year that you'd get, like, all these double and triple, like, benefits. So people were just waiting until those days and then cashing in all of their, like, stuff. This is true. And basically, but, like, this is true, but that, those from GameStop. <laughs> this is very true, but that doesn't go away because those are called pro days and the pro account still exists. Right. So, but you don't get the multiplier that you would get from the Elite Pro. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Ish. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Ish. But yeah, you're right. You're right. They have had some really bad deals going on where people are like, "Yeah, I got these 20 games, and GameStop paid me 100 bucks." Like it just yeah. crazy deals that were not thought out well by GameStop. Another reason why they're probably struggling so bad. But you also got um, things like the uh, percentage off pre-owned games and your trading credit uh, of games were 20% instead of 10% in the pro version. 
And then they gave you like uh, a free two-day shipping, which is now gone, and collectible welcome package, which is also whatever that is gone. And uh, yeah, so I just think it's interesting that we're seeing a lot of these promotional membership services being canceled now or altered. So we have two that are now officially canceled, Amazon being altered, all within a small period of time. And I wanted to kind of just focus on this and say, what What do you think it is? Is the profit of, the, you know, the, the margin profit, profit margin, there we go. Um, is it just too small where they're actually losing money on these deals and there and there's not the returning like you know maybe a membership brings a customer into the store more times than it normally would they normally would per year or whatever they thought it was going to do turns out they're just losing money or is it just simply they don't have the comp there's no one in the competition now that offers this so why should i offer it i don't need to because if it was me i would think i still want this angle to gain market share so it seems like in, from a from a perspective I'm looking at, they're like, yeah, we're giving up. Like, I understand there's not competition anymore, but how many more people are just going to go, why even go to a store? If there's right. no value in, in buying that, I'm just going to download it on my console. 100%. Or for me, I used to go out of my way to buy games at Best Buy. I was planning on starting to order all my stuff on Amazon. I Then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll actually get one of these elite pro memberships and, and become a GameStop guy. Now, guess what I'm going to do? Start keep buying my games at Target and Walmart and stores I already admire games stores I'm already going to. I'm not going to go out of my way to buy software at a GameStop. The, you need to give me incentive or a reason to come into your store because you don't. Your bundles are never good. Your used game prices are too expensive, and your stores are chock full of garbage. So th- this seems like a bad move in my eyes. But what do you guys think, Jazzy? What do you think? It's difficult for me to respond to this because the word GameStop is in it, and um, (laughs) unfortunately I've had one too many awful experiences with GameStop, and for me, I'm, I'm very forgiving in the fact that it's like, okay, you know... Something happen, happens once, I get it. Something happens twice, you know, not everybody gets it the first time. But, like, once you hit that third time of doing the same thing to me, like, I'm done with you. I'm just done. And and GameStop's done that to me where they've screwed me over enough times and in specific specific ways to me um, by doing it to, like, family members and specifically taking advantage of family members that don't know as much about gaming. And then they come to me and say, hey, is this legit? And I'm like, no, not at all. This is what is actually happening here. Then they return to the store to get told that they're wrong again. Like, (laughs) they're not wrong. They just called me and found out, and I'm in the gaming industry, basically, because I podcast about it every week. So... They've burned me too much to ever come back to a place like this. However, to answer the question, I don't think any of these stores are really going to to hop on what Ethan was saying is it's just going into a place and you're going to buy your game from a place that you're already going to. Like you're not going to go out of your way because things are too easy to to throw your console on and download it from your console because with the taking away of all of these perks that you're getting, you're basically maybe saving a buck or two on going into the actual store versus getting it uh, from the console or a digital place, and it's not worth it. With the way that, like, it took me 
45 minutes to get to the studio today in which on a normal day 15 minutes easy like I'm not going to fight traffic to get up to my local GameStop to get a game to save $2 on it it's not going to happen it's not necessarily about saving money for me I, I, I want a unique experience is what I want so I want there to be a reason why I go to a store like you know like a disc replay I go there because every time I walk in that store, I know it could be there's that chance that I could find something that's truly unique or special, and that's more on the retro side of things. GameStop has already tried that and failed miserably on the retro game, but things you could do to make your store unique, like I don't, I can't, I can't understand why no one has bought limited run games yet and actually just made an exclusive to them, like Best Buy or GameStop. Like it can't be that expensive to go out and buy that semi-small company that has a 10 by 10 booth at conventions that somehow makes all these deals with like popular indie games to make limited runs of their game that sell for hundreds of dollars after the fact when they sell out from their website why not go buy up that company and then say limited run games available on limiterun.com and GameStop only GameStop stores or whatever right and like like start putting things in your store that actually drive me to your store or like you know actually team up with the industry that you 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 live and die by the gaming industry so and you have a GameStop Expo and you and you but like where is the custom like experience where PlayStation comes into your stores and Microsoft comes in your stores and Nintendo comes in your stores and puts on like these special just demos or events that no one else gets. Like why are the, why are these not being made where I can go talk to a legitimate Nintendo rep or something like that and 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 just and that is enough for me to sit there and say, "Hey, Nintendo's going to be at GameStop this Sunday. I'm going to stop up there and talk to them about, you know, Nintendo Online and how a hot piece of garbage it is. I think GameStop tried to do this, but they did it in, I guess, almost the wrong genre when they purchased uh, ThinkGeek, right? So then you have, you're trying to push people into your store so that you could do what? Sell what you have for sale, which is gaming items. Then you get a whole bunch of people that are coming in and like, do you have the rare uh, Funko Pop that you only had made four copies of and you only got one copy of? Oh no, the person that was here and waited and camped outside the the store for two days got that? Okay, and then they leave. The, so your, your draw of them into the store failed you because you're, they're coming to your store for the, the thing that you're not selling. But the problem with ThinkGeek, in my opinion, is ThinkGeek, yes, has some video game related items to it, but it is but a lot of it goes beyond video games. It's just nerd pop culture. And so, and yet even though Limited Run Games is also an online company, like, ThinkGeek has always, since day one, been that, like, store of physical products that I can, that I shop at ThinkGeek.com. So you have to break that habit, right? Right. Well, you can't move, your stores are so small that you can't carry the product of ThinkGeek the way you need to, except for the few unique stores that are ThinkGeek special stores, and they actually have a huge section. But beyond those stores, it's like they throw a Snorlax beanbag chair in the middle that you can't even walk around, and then they just smash a bunch of boxes all over the place where I can't even reach them to look at them because they don't have the proper design of a store to display this product. Now, Limited Run Games is a game. 
It goes on the wall just like all your other video games, except you build a little 8-foot section or 4-foot section, and you make it a limited run section. And again, it's only available at GameStop. And heck, maybe you own the company at this point. Maybe certain limited run games are only available at GameStop. Think about how good ThinkGeek could do as a brand if they had ThinkGeek stores. Think about what it would be like. It'd be like a Hot Topic, but without all the scene kid crap in it. <laughs> right. Like, how often am I in Hot Topic looking at the Pokemon stuff yes. and, like, the oh, yeah. cool, like, Nintendo stuff they have in there? Think about if that they just had a whole retail space just of the cool stuff that ThinkGeek actually sells. I'd be in that store all the time. But I never want to go to GameStop because it's too crowded and it's full of trash. And trash people. So what do you? <laughs> so what do you? Th- what do you think if GameStop? Because I know they can't get rid of their whole brick and mortar presence because it just costs too much, right? They're not going to basically say, "Hey, we're going to shut down stores and we're going to we're well, going mean, to try to push down a bunch of stores." I mean, I, I I get that for for the reasons that they just couldn't afford it. But what if the remaining stores they decided? to cut back on their gaming and primarily push that into some sort of online presence to open up more room for ThinkGeek and stuff like that in their stores, making them more shoppable. If you're going to do that, then you're not GameStop anymore. Just just open up ThinkGeek stores and, and, you know, try your luck with the GameStop brand online. But I can tell you the companies that have struggled to the point where they starve to death i.e. Blockbuster, Circuit City, like there's uh, there's Tiger Direct, there's a bunch of them that when they started to dwindle and fail, they shifted and they, they cut all their brick and mortar stores to try to, uh, you know, lighten the load of the overhead and, and sell online and it just didn't work. Now GameStop has a better presence online and I would say those other shops did because the internet wasn't w- what it is today. Have you ever bought anything on GameStop's, GameStop's website? I never have. Okay, I can tell you I've bought a few things because I wanted to lock in pre-orders mm-hmm. but it's so few Like, and and, the, and here's the deal like um, Metroid Samus Returns pre-ordered it through their internet through their website, <laughs> through their internet, through their internet, <laughs> their internet. Yeah. through their website, <laughs> and it came all damaged and everything. And it's like I could have walked into a store, been able to pick out my box that was clean, and been happy, more, more, you know, satisfied with it. But instead, I had to call GameStop, and they had to tell me, "Oh, well, they're sold out across the country. Sorry." And then I was like, "Listen, this is unacceptable. I ordered this from you because." I want this is a collector's edition and it's one of the most important IPs of that of that I care about. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "Okay, we'll send you another one." And I'm like, "Wait, you just told me they were sold out across like so that yeah, you're right. Their their online presence is not the greatest, but they have one. And I guess and again, in when you compare online shopping to, of today compared to when, you know, Blockbuster and them were a thing, it's uh it's better, yeah. so they so might what, have a chance, but I don't. I don't think so. I so mean, what? Yeah, because if you're thinking about it, what, what with can, Amazon? Yeah, what can GameStop do to to save the presence of the fact that their retail environment's just dying off? So Blockbuster didn't have a so-called service that they could provide to stay alive, along with a lot of these other places, like Best Buy. Best Buy has been having trouble, and have has there's been talks about them, you know, potentially having to claim bankruptcy until they brought in the whole Geek Squad and have been able to sell a service. The 
movie sales and music is basically gone at this point because you can get everything off of, you know, streaming services. So they cut that down and they increase their uh, appliance section, right? Because it's something that you have to physically go and buy still because, you you know, not a lot of places um, to shop online for something that important because a lot of people still want to be able to speak to somebody to find out about that product and stuff like that. So they increase that. They have ThinkGeek. Or um, Geek Squad. Geek Squad. I don't know why. I just so what can GameStop do to increase what they have in their building, which already isn't selling, or come up with some sort of service that I mean, you can't fix councils because well, it's they had all a service. Based they're, clo- on, they're shutting it down. They're shutting it down. Right. They're so, doing the opposite of uh, they're they're taking what is unique about them and they're eliminating it. Yeah, that's so, the problem. So, uh, like, and I hate like to say, their I idea, think they're gonna be their going idea of soon. their Elite Pro Pro that they were gonna do, or whatever the heck they were gonna call it, that was a, where you could rent one game out. You know, like that idea right. was in, like not that necessarily I would use that service, but it was interesting where it was like, huh, someone someone like Deadite who is more like I don't know if I'm gonna buy this game. I'm not sure it's for me. Could go and say, hey, th- this month I would like to check out this game take it home and see if it's even worth it or if i put five hours into it that's all i need of this game hand it back to them check out another game how, how good would it be for instances with with the games of the community we'll get hot on a game how, how good would it be if i could literally go up to gamestop which i had a membership with and grab that copy of minecraft because i feel like playing with these guys for a couple hours right. but i don't feel like paying 30 dollars for the full game or something you know like or you know like we talk about when whenever when there's a big swell all of a sudden hey let's all play splatoon for two weeks Someone could go grab that game at GameStop, play it for a couple weeks because they have that. Like that was a cool idea yeah. that could have given them something special. Because and you know, because of it, you're driving you're driving these customers into your store. They have to come into your store to get that game, giving them the bigger chance of like, you know, I need a new controller. You know what? I do need uh, control freaks for my for my joysticks. Man, my headset broke because I got mad at Deadeye during a Destiny raid and I threw it against the wall. Like, there's a lot of things that can happen because you go back into the store. Like, I'm really big into mountain biking right now and I go into my mountain bike shop all the time and guess what? I end up buying something every time because I bought a bike from them. So for a year, I get 15% off accessories. For a year, I get free tune-ups on my bike. So what do I do when I need a tune-up on my bike? I take it to the bike shop. What happens when I'm at the bike shop? I see what's new at the store. You have to have something mm-hmm. that draws me back consistently. And that's something like back when we worked at, at Worst Purchase that we were told, hey, these types of customers come in this many times a year. These types of customers are different. And the idea was they analyzed that there's reasons why the holiday is so big because it pulls out certain types of customers that don't ever come to Best Buy the rest of the year, but they're big spenders. So, like, again, that those analytics are out there. The concept of, of what customers do are out there. So you can't even tell me that you don't know what your, what your you know, customer base, is, how they act. So for me, I just don't understand how, and maybe they cut this August 1st and August 30th they, or something like that, they release a, a new program. You know, September 1st, there's a, there's a new tier that comes out and we all shut up and go, oh, that's why. But, but again, the fact that this news is broke and GameStop is laying silent is just a bad look for them right now. They need exclusivity to the actual storefront too. 
So, like, I work at Target, and you want to know why people come into Target to, to uh, shop yeah. for clothes? Pikachu Funko Pops. Pikachu Funko Pops. That's exclusive it. to Target. It's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, right. Archer Farm Snack Mix. <laughs> but, now, well, now Target does have a good uh, self-made brand, that's for sure. But um, we have all these exclusive designers Diapers. and stuff like that that are coming in and, and dropping their brand in our building. That you can't get, hey, yeah, you can go right to this designer to get their, their brand of clothing. But if you want to get it in your local store, only place you can get it is Target. So why isn't GameStop doing something like this with local companies and or companies that are worldwide? Like, I should be walking into a GameStop, and GameStop should have done this years ago. They should have... Maxnomics and or DX Racer chairs in their stores. They should have scuffs or cinch control gaming controllers in their stores. That's you want to know why? Because it's the Ain't only place you can go to get it is either the website of the actual people themselves or a GameStop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who wants to go in and buy some you know, RIP Mad Cats? But who wants to go in and buy like some sort of like knockoff controller? It'd be way cooler to be able to go in and get a customized controller, you know, like a customized, a scuff, a cinch. Right. Uh, get an 8-bit do. Get cool stuff that you'd have to only get online right now. If I could walk into to GameStop right now and buy an 8-bit, because I have an 8-bit do controller. The, NS, the NS30 Pro or whatever, yeah. the new if, one. If I could get the new one with the joysticks built into it and the home button and all that, I would go buy it today. I, I might be with you on that yeah. one. Like, I th- actually, when, we, when I was at 1UP Games, I actually thought that they had 8-bit do controllers. The box, like, caught me off guard. It was something, it was a different brand. But at first, I was like, oh, man, if they have it, I'm buying it. Because you're yeah. right. That's something that because you can't you, find you, right. in stores. Because you could go and you could buy every game, every console, every everything else aside from maybe some exclusivity as far as like their their Funkos or their you know stuff like that or some of the deals they give in any other retail store. Best Buy has it. Target has it. Myers has it. Like you know, Walmart's has it. Everybody has these because they're just the game. Yeah, like the, you the, need something that nobody else is going to have. Like you were saying with the um, limited run games. limited run games. Yeah. The the day and age of DLC of exclusive DLC being being a draw is over. Like everybody has something. You, it doesn't matter where you buy the game fr- from. You're going to get something. And then three months down the road, everybody else's exclusive thing becomes just a free download through the store. So like get over that and find some new unique ways. Like Jazzy just said. Like myself. The rental idea. Re, I know. I know there was a lot of problems with it, but redesign it, re, and, and figure it out, and and then push it and, and test it again. Don't give up on it, and and make yourself unique because that's what that's what people are looking for. I mean, you mentioned Best Buy and them struggling. The problem why Best Buy struggled is when initially when when I started working back in 2006 at that at that place, th- there was a uniqueness to Best Buy. There was an expertise. You could come in and you could learn something that you could, that, that was tough to learn a- other places. And at the same time, it was a unique experience pr- in the individual departments. Then it kind of became a a generalized store. It, it, they kind of took that uniqueness away from the store, and it struggled and started to fail, and turned into what we call the the you know um, window shopper syndrome, where people would come in, test out something, and then they'd run away and buy it somewhere else. And the reason why Best Buy was able to recover was because they changed their strategies and they changed the way that they were running their business. And yeah, they made some sacrifices. They, they failed on some things, but overall they came out ahead because they adapted. And if GameStop doesn't adapt and just keeps cutting corners like they're, what it looks like they're doing right now, 
yeah, it's just a matter of time before this these rumors of talking about you know bank firms buying them out and just pretty much filing bankruptcy and riding riding the Toys R Us train here, where they're gonna pay out bonuses to everybody and then just shut the stores down. That's what's gonna happen if you don't actually make yourself unique. All right. We got to move on, though. <laughs> that was a long tangent based off they're shutting down a yeah. program like everyone else. So, All right. Well, not, this next topic's not going to be We're much We're trying easier. to save GameStop, okay? <laughs> Topic number two was an article about how Amazon's Twitch.tv is cheating the music creators. And this was um, an article written on Forbes by a uh, music attorney who protects musicians and music professionals through negotiations and proper intellectual property management. So the, the whole deal here is Twitch is a very popular platform, right, with... Um, I think something over 15 million viewers per daily that hit Twitch to watch over 2 million streamers daily. I'll look it up. Yeah, it's it's and it's something like that. Um, but the problem is, is that a lot of these streamers are using music illegally, according to this you know this attorney, and um, you know these these music content creators are getting nothing from it. And I thought it brought up an interesting point is that there is there is a lot of fact in this statement. And and someone like Deadite here who has a radio background and has a lot of knowledge in the music scene will be able to speak to the facts the facts of this. But I think it's a very unique situation that we're in in this day and age that there this is a delicate situation. I don't think it's just as simple as Amazon paying these these publishers, uh, you know, fees, licensing fees. I just don't think it's that simple. But overall, music creators uh, and rights owners are not collecting a new and substantial source of income via Twitch, and most of them are not aware they are even losing money. Um, Twitch, the website, exploiting creators and owners without paying for a single cent of music usage. Deadite. We know how we use Twitch. We're on Twitch right now. We know how Twitch generates money through ads. Through you know, as far as, far as a streamer, there's ad, there's ad revenue. There's bits and subscriptions. There you know, it's a 50-50 split. We know there's a lot of money here on Twitch, and we also are very aware. I'm I'm a culprit of this. People playing copyrighted, you know, content protected music during their streams. So. The the issue, as all these issues come down to, is money. It totally is money. Um, when you when you look at it, when you look at the the base of how oh, a musical radio station operates, the radio station is to sell advertisement, and that's how they make their money. The entertainment that they're that they're putting out there, free to the listener, is the music. Now, radio stations pay for all of the music that is played. There's licensing. There's um, there's a couple companies that that oversee all of this that take a cut of it and they give it back to the the publishers and the artists and everyone gets paid that way. With Twitch, that's not currently involved. So if you if you really want to look at it under a microscope, stream Jimmy the streamer is playing uh, whatever famous artist on his stream, and Jimmy the streamer gets 500 viewers and gets X number of dollars, you know, per day streaming. 
Well, Twitch is getting a cut of that. Jimmy's getting a cut of that. The musical artists who added ambiance or you know their their music added to the experience of the stream, they're not getting a cut. The recording artists, contract publishers, the the companies that oversee the licensing and the the royalties, they're not getting their cut. If you were to walk into a store and they were playing music and someone who worked for one of those, you know, contracts, you know, one of those big companies that oversee the rights of this music, they could fine you. They could lay legal grounds to stand on if a business doesn't actually pay for the rights to play their music within a business. So are, are you following? Are you following me? Yeah. So the, yeah. you know they're they're very specific about that. So there there's definitely a grounds for people to stand on for you know artists for the the people in the music industry because they're not getting a cut. Just the streamers and just Twitch and Amazon are getting a cut. But you brought up a really good point about promotion. That's where this becomes a gray area. Talk about you know artists getting getting exposure. So yeah, I, obviously I brought up the idea. I, I, the most famous one would be uh, Ninja teaming up with Drake, right? And, and the only reason this ended up happening was because Ninja was using Drake's music during his streams, and he is the he is one of the big not one of he's like the biggest streamer in the world, the most famous streamer that everyone knows about. And because of it, Drake re- Drake Drake reached out to him, and they ended up gaming together, right? Which created this whole new like it was one of those moments that caused gaming to just hit a whole new level as far as exposure into mainstream, right? And so the, the, the promotion level is that back in, you know, back in the day you had things like radio and, and yeah, you were making money off it, but the idea of radio was you were trying to get your music out there. You were trying to get people to learn about who you were and to want to buy your album because of your single. And so the difference here is that someone can can be a streamer and take a song that has little to no traction that no one knows about complete completely just oblivious to the world and spin it into like a gimmick of theirs or just like a theme song or something like that and all of a sudden people go what is that what is that and most of the time, from what I've seen, when that gets asked, the streamer goes, oh, it's so-and-so, it's from this, all these different things, and it creates that promotion, it creates that knowledge where 60, 70, 80,000 people are watching this person live right now, and basically now just all got plugged for that artist, just got that exposure that like where else in one second, you know, just in a half half a minute, can you get that type of exposure where people could be Googling you or going over to iTunes or whatever service that they want, that they listen to their music and, and trying to find you. And so I think it's a weird situation where I said it's, it's a give and take. It's not as easy as back in the day of like, Oh, the radio station wants to play this music. Well, they have to pay for this, and then they make up for it with advertisement. And, you know, they cover that, and and that's how that's how the business works. I don't think it works that way. You can't simply say, "Hey, it's 50-50 right now. Fifty streamer, fifty Amazon." You can't just say, "Hey, it's thirty-three, thirty-three, thirty-three now." Okay, the the music company gets thirty-three. They'll hack off eight percent to the artist, and they'll keep the rest, and then it's thirty-three streamer, thirty-three Amazon. I don't. That doesn't work because. The exposure that the production company is getting, or sorry, the publisher is getting, the artist is getting, like there's value to that. So you have to you have to figure that out. And some artists have, uh, some streamers have been banned, right? They got banned recently for 30 days because of music. 
and and, and it was the publisher that that flagged them. And the artist came out of nowhere and was like, whoa, 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 that wasn't me. That wasn't me. I just want to let you know I didn't report you. I like what you're doing. I'm happy that you're using my... Like, the artist supported the streamer. It's the money-hungry publisher, which we know plenty of artists that are anti-publishing companies because they're starving to death because of the publishing company. And we have plenty of artists that have gone label-free, right? They don't want to be part of a label. Or they, or they finally get out of their label deal and they start their own label because they're not about to sign a deal with another label because of how jacked up it is. So to me, I don't know what the answer is, but at the same time, this particular article written from a music attorney is so one-sided that it angered me to the point where I was totally against this until I talked to you, Deadeye. And I was like, you're, you're right. There is a level of unfairness here. But it's such a weird situation that we've never come across before that some random kid that's just good at a video game can cause you, a music artist, to become famous. It's it's really tough, and the music industry has consistently been behind the ball. And, and ever since Napster, ever since all of that, it's just the music industry has had a really hard time keeping up with the way the technology is changing and the way the distribution model is changing. If you would have told me 15 years ago that, you know, instead of, you know, just downloading MP3s, like everyone's like, oh, everyone's just going to get everything on iTunes. If you told me, yeah, for $9.99 a month, you're just going to get access to all of the world's music or in some cases, basically free, you're going to get the world worth of music. I'd be like, how does that make sense? How does that financially make sense? And the music industry still doesn't know yet. The artists still don't really have the cut of the pie that they can live on. So we still have a situation where artists are having a hard time getting by. It's cool that Drake doesn't care because Drake has millions and millions of dollars and sells out stadiums. But maybe there's that middle of the tier person who's kind of known but not really known. And, you know, they could really use those couple extra dollars to feed their family. They could True. use the couple extra dollars to, to not have a day job. But they're not quite getting that exposure properly. So there just needs to be a relationship. I think, I think it would be wise of the Broadcast Music Institute and... Whatever the the other big one is, there's three big ones throughout the world. If they got with Amazon, Twitch, and were like, "Listen, we we'd love for your streamers to be able to use you know contracted music. Here's here's how much it would cost, or here's how that could work. It would be great for everyone involved if there was a way where the artist could get a cut, kids weren't getting banned, and they could work together to use this platform." to help everybody grow. Exactly. But right now there's like sniveling, like you're not doing it the right way. You need to do it the right way, which the music industry has that leg to stand on. But also at the same time, music industry, you gotta be cool about it. You gotta think about what's best for the artist and how to find that middle ground for everybody. Yeah. Especially that you're in this industry right now that you're by doing this, you are attacking the younger crowd, which is the crowd you want to win over for the future. Right? Like we're getting older. We like, yes, we like music, but the idea is like this generation of teenagers and stuff coming into Twitch that are that, that that are you know they're becoming famous streaming video games that are that are you know absorbing all this all this content. You are literally advertising that you're the bad guy to them. That's what you're doing. You're like this person that's making their living off of Twitch. You just ban them for a month. So I, I like you're an enemy to them now. 
This is not. Has the music industry ever been a good guy, though? They haven't, but this is your chance. This is a new platform. This is all brand new. This is your chance to figure out a way where you don't look like the evil bad guy. The music's dead. Well, I don't even know why we're bothering you. Yeah. You know the kids. <laughs> I'm an old man now. I'm a. I'm. I'm on the cusp of thirty. I'm just, I listen to what the kids listen to. My, the music industry's dead. There's my, no money in it. My thought about this though Art is, is that dead. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon owns Twitch. Yeah. They also own Amazon Music. Mm-hmm. YouTube. Is owned by Google, who also has Google Play. You already have platforms where you make people pay a, pay a subscription to listen. Make a an additional tier for a streamer level up, uh, you know, streamer level account where it's okay for you to rebroadcast what you play through that platform. There you go. It'd be an easy way to do and it. That's like that's just one way I could think about it. You know, and I'm, then six months down the road, you take that Elite Pro account and you cancel it and you piss everyone off. Honestly, here's here's the thing, and I agree 100% with... That the music's dead, right? You agree the, with me? Oh, I, I, I agree. Music is dying. So here, so here's the thing. I agree completely with Grimlock, and I'll throw some analytics out for you. Ready? The last three days in Twitch, three days, minimum viewers, 84,000. Peak viewers, 1,900,000. Average of 1.1 million viewers. The amount of hours watched on Twitch in the last three days, 81 million hours. 81 million. Ninja was 1.2 million hours of that, only being beat by Riot at 1.4 million, and Overwatch League came in at 1.2 just under Ninja. So he basically tied Ninja just under it. it. So with an industry that is is struggling right now in the music industry, they shouldn't be coming and attacking these streamers. They should be working with these streamers and paying them to advertise their stuff. This is the platform to revitalize your industry by using this industry. Yeah. That's it. Because if, if you've got a streamer in the last three days that has 1.2 million hours of people viewing them, why not put, as a partner, so it being Ninja, Drake could easily say, hey, Ninja, you want to know what? I'm going to throw some cash your way. I want you to play my music on stream for this amount of time or whatever, and then I want to be able to have a pop-up ad on your stream. Can you make that happen for this amount? That would sure, involve no the problem. music industry having any money. <laughs> <laughs> we we could we could make a whole Patreon exclusive like episode about me talking about the music industry. Um, I, I, I totally agree in most of the ways. You know where you're coming from. There there's just there needs to be some sort of common ground. But right now it's just it's not being handled appropriately. Yeah. By by either side. Okay. So just a side question here because there was a second article I read a couple days ago about. Um, in-game dances because they're becoming more and more popular thanks to Fortnite and everything. And there's dances in the game that are clearly a dance that was made by an artist. Like right? the Carlton dance in Destiny. Like that's sure, yeah. Alfonso or, Ribeiro yeah. was the dancer that danced that in the show Fresh Prince. Right, but so the pro- the, the article led on that the those. Those dances were created by somebody. It's it's just like music. It was it was yeah. art that was created that's now been copied in a video game and sold thousands of times and millions of times probably. But zero percent of any of that is going to the artist that actually created the dance. Yeah. And so, but that one's different. And I, I want to get your take on it because a hundred percent of that is going to the game developer. 
This isn't like a, you know, it's nothing other than a microtransaction within a video game to generate extra cash for this game for something that was made by somebody else. I mean, if I like, I know uh, in in Destiny you could do the Drake Hotline bling like dance where he's like swatting. Yeah. Like realistically, they probably should have paid him or at least got his permission or done something or whoever whoever the choreographer who wrote that like right. someone should get a piece of the pie on that one. Someone should get their beak wet. Yeah. It's it does seem a little bit wrong to me because if you look at you know we're we're looking at choreography as an art form, you're just digitizing someone else's work. And then directly making money off that. Plus, you're 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 taking the popularity of what they created. Because let's be honest, if if we didn't know what the Carlton dance was, would we buy that dance? No, it's just some dumb dance. It's just yeah. a dumb dance at that point, and that's the problem when you go watch a game that actually does make all their dances off of just complete randomness. I'm not going to microtransaction that, but the second I can get a Drake dance or something like that, I know what it is, so I pay money to it. I and think dancing is a little more difficult to prove as well. Cause I mean, if you, cr- if, you create no, a dan- if, if you create a dance, if you create a dance, anybody can come up and be like, "Oh, I actually invented that dance. Watch, I could do it perfectly." You know, like that's not it though. Because do you have a music video with it? it just you, because from- you made a just because you made a music video doesn't mean you copied off of some kid in the street and but then put it, in your music video and you different. created it. That's well, different. Well, time out. Time out. You're that talking is, different at that point. That is proof of prior intellectual Thank property. You. Yes, there's clear documentation of I did this dance on this day. If no one else can come forward and prove that they did the dance before you in a actual proven way, if there's no documentation of it, they don't have legs to stand. They have on. no legs to stand on. So then they shady people, and, and they and, shouldn't be getting money anyway. And that's not at all. I take a picture. I take a picture. Someone comes running up and says, "You copied that. You copied off of me. I took that same picture." But they can't produce the picture. I I should be penalized for that. It's because that happens too. For photographers, they go. Someone, you sh- you ha- someone be- has a style, right? Right. And you take a photo of that style. To say that no one else has ever taken that photo is insane. But. Someone comes and says, you copied off me. I took that five years ago. And I go, what are you talking about? And they don't, they can't produce proof. I think, I'm, I'm not saying that it's, that it's wrong. I'm, I'm saying that moralistically, you as a human being, if you knew that they took that picture and were somewhat successful with whatever picture that was, if you were like, I'm going to take that picture too so that I can make money, but then I'm going to be able to prove it, then I think you're a shady person. I'm not really sure what you're arguing. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I, I really, I really don't understand yeah, your explain train of thought. That. Explain that okay. one more time. So, so if Grim takes a picture of Test, and I was like, "Oh man, that looks like a good picture," I'm gonna take that same picture of Test. And I'm gonna make money off of it. If I'm doing it knowing that he was taking that picture to try to do something with it, and he just never did, it's kind of shady of me to. Well, that's a hundred percent shady, and that's what yeah. we're talking about with the dance. Yeah, so I'm confused by the. So then, reference that back to the, someone that invents a dance. I'm saying like, so you said the Carlton dance, right? Right. Like, first of all, I agree with you in the fact that you know somebody should be getting credit for the fact that it's being used in a video game because it's not a unique dance created by that game developer, but is the person who first put that dance out like oh the Carlton dance was on this music video so this guy created the dance like he should get credit for the dance agreed however I think it's shady if that person was like oh I saw this kid in the street doing this dance I just copied off it I made a music video well then you'd be Dane Cook 
Yeah, just stealing smaller comedians. Right, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's a great example. Dane Cook went and stole someone's act from a different country, mm-hmm. came to America, had a ton of success, crashed and burned. Once everybody realized that he just hacked it from somebody else, right? One because that because there was proof because it ended up showing itself. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. There's so yeah, I agree with that. I get yeah. I, now I get your point. Sure. And, and there's been times in the music industry where bands have basically knocked off guitar riffs from less successful bands, and and they've been able to prove it. There's been a precedent set. If you can say I recorded this riff that's almost identical to this more popular riff a year earlier, and you can prove that there's a chance that they probably heard that at some point in their life. Yeah, like Vanilla Ice. No, that's got the. It's totally different. <laughs> like, like Queen, Queen and Bowie, like boom, 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 ba doom, boom. Yeah. Well, Vanilla Ice is boom, 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 ba doom, doom. It's completely different. Right, completely different. It's completely different. And oh, that's a God. that's a rough quote of Vanilla Ice there. <laughs> for the for the youth, if you don't know who it's Vanilla Ice pretty, or Queen pretty, or David Bowie, yeah, are. yeah pretty because music's dead. Let's move on to the next point. Please I'm do not about send us any dead. money based on Deadites' awful uh, vanilla. Yeah, we better be careful. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was an no, acapella yeah, right no, yeah. Yep, yep, we don't want to. All rights to that uh, belong to the band Queen. <laughs> 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 all right, okay. Next. Rob Van Winkle is not getting a, d- a dang cent from me. <laughs> <laughs> next topic. Voted by the patrons for the Patreon news topic of the week. Topic number three, Nintendo Switch has now sold just under 20 million units. We don't have to talk Ooh. about Fallout Vegas. It was, no, a tie, it was a tie, and we made a decision. Yes, you guys told me we we're going to talk about some stupid story involving Fallout Vegas. Yeah, that story was that a guy beat Fallout Vegas without ever being hit. That's the story. That That's what else? Uh, well, now we're going to talk about Nintendo Switch has now sold just <laughs> under 20 million units. So, uh, hardware sales are at 19.67 million units sold, and software is up to 86.93 million units. Huh, it's not a lot. It's only four four games per unit, right? Am I doing the math right there, math guy? It's about four, yep. Yeah, a little over four. Yeah, little no, little. I'm the math guy now. I was asking me. You said I was the math guy. You're the math guy now. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. I'm the audio guy now. <laughs> so with that being said uh, number one video game from of the Nintendo Switch Dead Eye do you know what it is? Number ooh, one ooh, game ooh. on the Switch <sighs> oh, I, I had no, you muted because I, I thought you were going to be typing again soon um, <sighs> I've okay. got a guess I, I have a guess of what a year ago would have been and I'm trying to think of what it would be now um I'm. Is it? It's. I'm gonna say Breath of the Wild. Okay. Nah. Okay. Uh, we got Breath of the Wild. Uh, Test has a guess. Go ahead. I, it's got to be Mario Kart. Okay, and then Jazzy. Remember, the actual answer is Super Mario Odyssey. Because you already looked. I've seen. Uh, I've, I've seen this article actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, a year, like Breath of the Wild had outsold the system for a long time, and I guess yeah. eventually now we have enough people that are more casual that didn't buy it. Super Mario Odyssey, eleven point seventeen million units, followed by Mario Kart Eight at ten point three five million units, then Legend of Zelda at nine point three two million units, then and then it falls Splatoon off to 2. Splatoon Two, uh, dropping down to six point seven six million, and then it plummets to one two switch. In the number five spot. Of How? Two. How did so many people get tricked into buying such trash? It, it gets oh, worse. Yeah, it wait gets till worse. the next game. One, two, switch <laughs> is 2.45 million units, followed by ARMS. 
No, 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 no. Arms! I played Arms this week. That's my real gaming moment of the week. Rewind an hour. I played Arms. I checked it out from the library because L wanted to play it. I played it for 20 minutes. I was like, I need to get this back to the library and never play it again. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad it didn't come out where you got that game and were like, actually, it's not that bad. And then you and I had to fight again. Nah, it's it's pretty. We ride half an hour. GameStop create a library because people still go to it to rent. There you go. Yeah, we can't public libraries. We can't rent games from anywhere else. We have to go to the library for God's sake. Um, okay, so Arms at two million, and then Kirby uh, Kirby Star Allies at one point eight nine, Xenoblade Chronicles at one point four two, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze at one point four, and Mario Tennis Aces at one point three eight. Wow, I didn't think that game sold very well. I'm surprised yeah. it sold that many. Yeah, it made the top ten. Were they, were they all Nintendo first party titles? Mm, yeah. Yes. Yes. Huh. Yes. I really thought something like a Minecraft or a Rocket League. Well, this League is the or... top ten first party games. Oh, okay, never so, mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, so yes, they are all <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, games. yeah, I didn't read that front. That uh, reading's hard. Remember? Okay. You don't. You don't use my catchphrase <laughs> against me. Oh, right? I can use it because you're the math man now, so you don't get to. You, you can't... Uh, I can't be the illiterate guy anymore. No, I drop. Yeah, you you're like... the illiterate guy. Yeah. No, I'm the math guy. He's the audio guy. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's how it goes. We just take turns. Oh man, <laughs> I want to be the illiterate guy again. Okay. So, anyways, um, the hardware sales were basic. Let's just say we're at twenty million it uh their sales have slowed a little bit uh this year versus last year is what is the what's what's showing not a concerning rate obviously the first party big titles aren't here like they were last year so part of that that slight difference you could you could justify might be that but smash is coming right but you got some exactly you got smash coming that's going to smash uh, probably change everything so um the interesting thing, and I don't have it, I don't know what article Jazzy has, but uh, test the article that you pulled this image from. There was more images to it. I don't know. It compared it compared previous uh, Nintendo systems. It gave us other numbers. Yeah. Can anybody pull that up for me uh, while we talk about the Dead Eye and I talk about Super Mario Odyssey being the number one. Boom, boom. So we talked about this back a little while yes, ago. Yes, we, we had a heated debate about it near launch of the Switch. Yeah, about how Zelda, it, it, like Zelda's going to do well, but but we also talked about how Zelda is mm-hmm. a, there's a, there's a, there's a wall, right? Yeah. There, yeah. There's, a, there's a mass market wall. Thank you, Jazzy. Um, and I just find it interesting that Super Mario seemed to catch considering the the head start that Zelda got catch and pass with with ease and become the number one which I think the argument was would Zelda would Mario be able to beat Zelda I still think I and you know if someone feels like going back uh, a year and a half into the games of the archive to tell me if I'm wrong about what my stance was I think my stance was back then I think Zelda was a good launch title because the hardcore fans are going to pre-order, they're going to go out, they're going to get the game, and Odyssey launching later when the system is more readily available was going to be just fine. I right. think that was my argument at the it time. It does seem accurate. And it looks like it's super true because you, you, your argument the entire time was Mario would be better because Mario is more popular. And we don't have a way to say that you would be incorrect about that because clearly that's Mario why, is more popular. Side. Yeah, Mario is more popular. <laughs> it has outsold. It has outpaced. Um, but we do 
know that Zelda was it, a good launch title. It would have made it difficult for Nintendo in the fact that they wouldn't be able to have produced the Switches that mm-hmm. they needed to oh, in order time. for the Mario launch. Yeah, and that would like, have created disappointment. So yep. absolutely, I agree with the idea. Um, but but it is, I, I didn't think it would have almost 2 million units on it. No, I, I wouldn't either. So, um, yeah. And, and honestly, I probably would have, if I, if I would have asked for the top 10, it probably would have gone Odyssey, Zelda. I wouldn't have put Mario Kart in between them. Mm-hmm. So. You also have to remember that the only holiday launch that the Nintendo Switch has had so far, uh, Odyssey was a bundle game. True. Now, it oh. wasn't any cheaper. It's, it's, it's not like they got it for free. Still a bundle. But, but I believe that this was just Switch sales, because, or is it just the game itself sales, because you still have the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild. But this you was just switch, just on the switch. This was okay, just switch. Right, right. So, so there could have been that family member looking for a switch, and you know, around holiday time, that there wasn't a just classic gray or neon switch available. So they bought the Odyssey bundle because it's what was available around holiday. So that's going to take as an Odyssey seller, whether they wanted the game or not. Right. So I think the fact that that was a holiday bundle might skew it a little bit. Not two million, but it skews it. Were there yeah. too much? See if you could look up if there were 2 million units of Breath of the Wild sold on the Wii U. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so the reason why I wanted this image pulled up was because I wanted to talk about a couple systems compared to the Switch. Because they the cool thing, this was released by Nintendo. These numbers were official numbers released by Nintendo, and they released... Oh, a thing Microsoft never does. Yeah, and they released their history of all their systems numbers as well. Uh, all in this nice little graphic that maybe uh, you know Jazzy will throw up on the uh, yeah I'll discord it post or I'll discord it yeah so the switch like I said twenty million uh, let's just say eighty seven million units we're real close the Wii U we already know it's past it but again the Wii U only had thirteen point five six million units sold its hardware was one hundred and two point two eight million units sorry it's software it's software so. The Switch, in its short period of uh, short lifespan, has has passed it in in the hardware section and almost matched its entire software sales. That's including first. That's just first party titles. It's just first party. Yeah, yeah. And so when you compare that to, let's say, the Nintendo GameCube, the Nintendo GameCube only had twenty one point seven four million units sold. What? Yeah. I knew it was like less than everyone else of that generation, but I didn't realize it was that much less. Yep. And the software was 208.57 million units. So a lot. But again, the Switch in less than two years has almost half. The Nintendo 64 has only 32.93 million units. So not that, again, the Switch not that far off. Because by by year two, second second anniversary coming around here, you know, with their esti- what they wanted to sell, they should be at that point. And software sales on that unit was two hundred twenty four point nine seven million units, so only a little bit more than the GameCube, and arguably a much more successful system. The uh, and, and I mean you can go back into um, you know games like the SNES and NES. But the, and those units are only forty nine million, sixty one million for hardware, but their but their software is where you really see five hundred million units, yeah, three hundred seventy nine million units, you know, um, the Game Boy, one hundred eighteen million units hardware, five hundred million units software. So those are those numbers where you're like, okay, can the Switch really catch that type of fire? But of course, 
the one that we always talk about is the Wii at 101 million units and 919.94 million units of software. First party software. That's crazy. Yeah. So Switch has a long ways to go, but I think it's a really great start. And, you know, um, I mean, the, the, the one thing this has shown in, in the article that, that, we were, that I've read, um, I'll give this back to you, the one article that I was reading was talking about since 2009 how the gaming market had really suffered, and that's where all the rumors came around that this next gen that we're now currently in was not going to, uh, you know, it wasn't going to be there. We weren't going to have a next generation of gaming for home consoles. And um, Nintendo has come out and, and posted... Um, record-breaking numbers and profits. PlayStation just came out and exceeded their expectations after claiming that the PS4 is at end of life. It came out and beat out its expectations, broke 80 million. They're sitting at 83 million, which now pushes them very close to the PS3 numbers. Um, And yeah, I mean, uh, home gaming is healthier than ever. No, I don't want to say than ever, but it's 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 trending upwards. Instead it's just of, as healthy as yeah, ever. Just as healthy as ever, I think is a fair statement. So, But yeah, I, I don't know. It was an interesting topic that, that the patrons voted on. In, any predictions that with the slight, slightly slowed projection of, of Nintendo, do you think they hit their goals come March, April of uh, 2019? Well, before we slide off it, to, to answer Jazzy's question, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, Breath of the Wild sold 1.5 million on Wii U as of end of April this year. As of end of April. So, so they're uh, half a million off of Odyssey. So they're half a million off of Odyssey, but what was actually this article was focused on was the fact that it then beat out Twilight Princess as the highest Zel- selling Zelda game ever because Twilight Princess had it beforehand because it had a share launch on Wii and GameCube. So, um, you know, Breath of the Wild is the most successful Zelda, Zelda game. game. Um, and one fact or one little stat that Nintendo didn't put out um, that I did read, uh, looking at how the Switch was doing. So Switch has been out for you know 15 months right now, right? Um, so at the 16th month mark, the PlayStation 4 had sold 20.2 million units at yeah, 16 months. It's on pace. Yeah. At 15 months, the Switch has sold, as we've said, six or 19.67 million. So 600,000 units off with one month left to go. But one important thing to, to note about that is that was after two holiday seasons. Because the PlayStation 4 came out in November, right? right? November-ish. October, November, end of the year. So they had two holiday seasons under their belt by their 16th month mark. The Switch will only have had one. It probably won't beat that number, but if you look at the two-year anniversary number, by the time Switch gets Smash and Pokemon and then another holiday season under their belt, I'm sure it will will be outpacing PlayStation 4. Then all Nintendo has to do is come out and be like... Hey guys, we got a, a Zelda themed Switch coming out. Oh my god, I gotta buy another one. And then that's where they'll spiral this out of the control the same way they've been able to move 73 million Nintendo 3DSs was revision, redesign, and limited editions. That's all they gotta do. That. I know nothing about nah, that. Nah, you're not a you're not a Nintendo 3DS guy. No, I don't have You one. weren't playing a, a DS before <laughs> the stream and during the stream today. That no, wasn't no, you. No, I don't so, own twenty of them. Um, so then the segue into your predictions, I think Nintendo will be okay. I still think there's another direct that they'll have in the next I don't know three weeks they got to talk about nintendo online but i still think there's probably a big third party banger coming out this year i don't think that their goal to 20 million units this year 20 million units sold in this fiscal year um 
is only going to be based on the backs of Pokemon and Smash Brothers. I think they've got another real saucy banger up their sleeve that we'll find out soon. Probably, maybe maybe it's Overwatch, or maybe it's something like that that's going to be, oh, it comes with Nintendo Online, not comes with, but launches alongside Nintendo Online. Some real good uh, multiplayer game to really kind of bully you into spending the 20 bucks for the year. Um, they're not where they need to be to put out 20 million units this year, but they've got a Q4 stack that yeah. if they're going to have a come from behind success, like it's it's yeah. going to be there. Yeah, and I, and I think you're right. After playing Paladins and after and Fortnite, like things like Overwatch, I can I can easily see being a, a big announcement coming up. Depending on if they can get things graphically under control too, with what the release of Nintendo Online could be, they've already worked with Bethesda, so. Could they be throwing seventy six on at launch of no. seventy six? I don't. I can't believe it. That that it's, it's on a new engine. I, I I'm so scared of 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 Fallout seventy six on its own, let alone on a brand new online platform. That to me seems like. Um, hey, do you want a forest fire? Because if you do, you go down this road. If you want a chance. To survive, you go down the opposite road away from Fallout 76. <laughs> Nintendo mm-hmm. Online is going to be capable of playing Super Nintendo games against each other online. <laughs> right. And if you try anything else, Jazz, it might all catch on. Yes, you want to play Balloon Flight together? <laughs> because we can. Yeah, Reading, Washington is going to burn down or wherever wherever their headquarters <laughs> is. But, uh, but, I mean, it would be interesting to see them try to go that aggressive. I just don't, yeah. I don't think so. As far as the success of the Switch, I think they'll easily hit their numbers. I don't think we have a problem with Nintendo slowing down anytime soon. Did I last thoughts on, on this topic? We're going to see insane numbers for the launch of Smash Brothers. Okay. There's going to be so many bros that are just going to buy a Switch just for Smash. Guaranteed. But that I guarantee. But they're going to buy it from Meyer or Target where they can buy a 30-pack of Natty Ice. You got when it. They pick up. That's exactly it. I can't buy beer at GameStop. Why would I even go there? <laughs> there you go. Test, you, we wasted all of that time talking about GameStop when all you need to say is they need to be able to sell Dead Eye beer. Nobody asked me. That's a, good, that's a fair point. <laughs> Because we knew you'd have an answer that was better than ours. That's why we didn't. Want <laughs> we would have shaved forty minutes off the show. <laughs> You're not wrong. We could news saved- number four. <laughs> Topic number four: Overwatch League aiming to add six new franchises next season. I stole this one from Jazzy. I said you can't have it for esports. I need it. Can I play the sad sound? Yes. <laughs> also, I'm going to say Overwatch League, and you can play the sad sound again. Okay, good. I'm glad we got that out of our system. Overwatch League is reportedly aiming to add six new teams for Season 2 with a new North American team from Atlanta already confirmed. Uh, ESPN reports that Cox Enterprises... A- <laughs> it's legit. It's legit. Sorry. A Ge- Sorry. A Georgia-based conglomerate Sorry. will be funding mm-hmm. the Atlanta team following a private owner's meeting last week. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotek and Overwatch League Commissioner Nate Nanzer were in attendance. Representatives from McCourt Global and Nenking Group are reportedly in talks to secure regional rights for Paris, France, and China. <laughs> I'm not even going to... China? No. It's pronounced China. China. Shanghai. I could China. say Shanghai, Jazzy. 
Here. I'm just asking you, you if it's going to be. You one. I, I was just asking nope, if it's going to be. Now. It's got Give five X's, three Q's, <laughs> two U's, and an R. The Go banana. Ahead. Give it your best shot. Uh, Gangzhou. Gangzhou. Gangzhou, China. That's, We're going with it. That's what I'm going to guess. It's okay. probably completely off. Oh, that's, that's where my roommate was from. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> he told me one time. I lived with the Chinese dude. He told me where it's from, and... That was the end of that. If it was Longview, I'd be all right because that's a league team. According to <laughs> Activision Blizzard Esports League CEO Pete Velastia, the league is looking to add six new teams across Europe, North America, and Asia for next season. Slots will reportedly sell for between $30 million to $60 million, with the exact price being influenced by factors like the number of bidders and the city's general population. So... Jazzy Fiddle, with yes. this news and the dislike for Overwatch League within this room, like, where is this excitement I do, I and don't, just I don't and, know. And, and money generating from? Because am I mistaken? the The numbers came out for uh, London Spitfire, who won it all this year, right? They Correct. won it. Yep. They, they won, won the, the championship. Championship this past for weekend. season one. Yep. And congrats to C Nine, my boys. AKA the London Spitfire. Um, they only generated, I think, what was it, 10 million bucks? Like overall, yeah. the organization reported like $10 million earning. They spent $40 million to get in the league. So in one year, there's still $30 million in the hole. I just don't get uh, <laughs> where all the sponsorship and everything is coming from. Like, people are eating this up. So to throw a couple more numbers at you, the Overwatch League Finals this past weekend uh, had a global average of 860,000 people watching it. Right, but, okay, and that was going to be my next point. You said that was the third most watched thing on Twitch this week. Correct. Right, but that was, so this is my point. Did it exceed the first match the very first match of Overwatch League in the beginning of the season. No. It didn't. It did not. That's not good. It's <laughs> not good. Your not good. finals yeah. were worse than your first regular season game. Yeah. Especially with the <laughs> addition of your first Overwatch season game was played on Twitch. And Twitch. Only. Whereas this was broadcast like everywhere you could possibly broadcast it, including... ESPN, Disney, and ABC, which the viewership for those three being televised events, they said was not very great. Like, people watched it, but they weren't, like, impressed with the numbers. However, the esports side of it being Twitch and that extra reach was good. Yeah. So. Uh, we're just still not there for video games on broadcast TV for especially Overwatch which we play Overwatch we understand the game it's hard to watch I think something like a fighting game or Rocket League something that's a little bit clearer more clear to understand a little bit more watchable would do a little bit better but the reason that it's in any way successful on Twitch is it's a niche like you're going to Twitch to watch game footage right yeah exactly someone flipping through the channel and like what is this this is giving me a seizure I'm gonna keep going it's just right we're not there yet and especially Overwatch was not a good game to start that with yeah I think and honestly I don't know how they would feel about the violence of the game but if I were to pick any eSport game to do to be publicly televised to show what the esports community has to offer to television, I would and I wouldn't even pick League here, even though League's my game. I would have picked CSGO. And I would pick CSGO for the sheer fact that it is a fast paced game, it stays exciting, 
And <laughs> unfortunately, you know, I love you, Overwatch League. I love you, League of Legends. I love you, Evo. They have the best and most exciting announcers for CSGO. They just yeah. they bring excitement to the matches. But in here's CSGO. the thing, right? CSGO has the same has the same advantage as League. They have years mm-hmm. of experience mm-hmm. under their belt. You know, League hasn't sat there and maybe they've tried, but they haven't necessarily signed a deal to go take League of Legends onto cable television, probably for a reason. We love League, but yes, there's a learning curve. Some random person comes flipping through and, and leagues there, and they're talking about the Baron and jumping over and getting this objective and then ganking over here. Like, no one knows the terminology, and they're lost instantly. Overwatch has that same problem. Games like, you know, again, a fighting game, it's 1v1 with health bars. First person to lose their health bar loses. It, it's more, it, it just it resonates. It better. resonates yeah. better, you know, to someone that necess- that maybe hasn't played Street Fighter in 20 years and goes, oh, I remember this game. Wow, it's really come a long ways. But I, to me, I look at Overwatch, I see a slight decline in viewership. Yeah, yes, there was plenty of money that was thrown around this year. Tons of money. But doesn't this feel like Blizzard saying year two expansion because we don't know that this has any longevity? Right? We don't see we we don't see the NBA or or baseball or something like that sitting here going, expansion, expansion, right? When an expansion happens in a traditional sport, it's a big deal. You're like, wait, we're getting a we're getting one new team? It hasn't happened in twenty years. Like and I get it. They've been around for a long time. But for me to sit here and say, after year one, which wasn't even a year, right? Season one wasn't a full year. In nine months, I believe, right? Okay, that was close. <laughs> year two, we're going to add six teams. How many teams are there right now? Ten. Okay. I believe. So 60% yeah. growth in teams. Wait, let me check that. I'm the math guy now. Yeah, that's it's 60%. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my whole thing here is, is you still only have one arena. That everybody plays at. So who the hell cares? Where they're from. <laughs> Where they're from. I don't care if you have a Paris team and an Atlanta team, because you all live in California anyways, <laughs> during yeah. the season at least. I think the, they're they're blowing it up because... I don't like the growth. I don't like this. It doesn't feel like I don't real like growth. The, I don't like the pl- the publicity they're giving the growth. It okay? seems fake. The gr- exactly. The growth, I think, is healthy for the league, and, and adding more teams is going to be great. However, do I think you should have publicly came out and been like, oh, we're going to add all these teams, and it's going to be great, and we're going to be huge? It's like, no, you should have saved all of this hype for when you split off and started doing regions like League of Legends does, where you have a North American region, where you have a European region, where you have a you know Asian region, and you could literally make your Overwatch League worldwide. You have the teams to do it. There's just not enough of them, right? So how many teams do we have over from Europe, right? Three or four. There's a couple teams from from Asia, and then there's a couple North American teams. Like, you have the structure. You just don't have enough teams to do it. So you don't need to make this big announcement saying you're adding six teams. You're just adding six teams, and then hopefully adding another six teams, and then hopefully adding another six teams, till then you can make this big announcement that you're region-locking your game and making it a world experience. Yeah, I just... For me, I, I, I do like the style of league where I feel like NA teams should play NA teams. And, and I know like right now with only 10 teams... 
period for Overwatch League. You can't do that. But if you're going to add six teams and you're all going to play in Cali still, but you all have like your cities that you have to be tied to, it just it all feels fake to me. It all feels forced and just like fake money, fake fake yeah. exposure, fake everything. And here's the thing. Overwatch itself, it's a great game. We've all played it. We've all enjoyed it. I think Blizzard, solid company. Like them, like a lot of things they do. So I'm not sitting here hating on everything about this. What I'm hating on is Overwatch League in general is really kind of feeling like it's that it's that Enron. Okay? If you don't know what Enron is because you're too young, look it up. It's that company that exists and starts to just talk about we're making all this money and we're we're doing all these things. And then four years down the road, you find out, oh, it was all fabricated and, and it all falls apart and bankruptcy comes and the next thing you know, Overwatch League's dead. And the problem I have with that is from a gaming industry standpoint is that as the world of esports grows, this failing hurts esports a, a big impact, huge impact. So I really worry that, you know, Blizzard is... They're just they're in the here and now, and they want to grab as much as they can before before the you know the excitement and just the newness of this yeah. wears off, and then all of a sudden they're like, cool, we're out, and we're gonna go make something else. Where Riot is like, yeah, they might be working on some side game here, but Riot is League of Legends. Yeah, they're new and they're hot. That's <laughs> the know? same thing that happened with with Nate being on the you know you, you know list of. You know, youngest business, top uh, 40 business owners, you know, um, under 40, is they're young, they're hot. He's making a push for the thing, but you have to realize how much money is Blizzard throwing at Overwatch League? A ton. Like, Blizzard's pushing this to make sure that it, that it's uh, being big, as big as they want it to be. Um, do I think on a business standpoint, Overwatch League uh, can't hold their own? No, I think they're making great strides for not only the league itself, but the industry of esports. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do in the future. Um, the thing that, the thing that scares me though, is that yes, they put out revenue, but have they talked at all about profit? Right. You know, you could sit there and make $900 million, but did you spend 2 billion to make that 900 million? Cause then well, all of a sudden, you know, this, this doesn't look as cool of a, of a topic anymore, which would be why you're not talking about it. So I don't know. I don't, the, the expansion seems too quick, too soon. I'd rather see you build stadiums or, or exposure of like, you know what? Now the 10 teams that we have all have stadiums and now the players have home games and away games and they travel to each other's stadiums. You know, like build an actual league not a hey everybody let's come to the community center and I'll shoot hoops like that's not what I want yeah so I want you to create some sort of camera angle that makes Overwatch League uh, somewhat more visible yeah, that to too. the fans that too that like that, it's, it's, being able to have and and I know it's more difficult because it's in the first person format right versus leagues a top down here's a map and you can like zooming in and out and like circle stuff and people can like understand where you're trying to draw the play out to right whereas overwatch doesn't have that unless you play and understand a little bit about the game itself before going into watching a match right so being able to fix the camera angle to where you can have the announcers cast the games 
for people that don't understand or aren't pro Overwatch players easier is only going to help your game. Think about what it would be like if you had to watch football from a first-person perspective. It'd be unwatchable like Overwatch League. There's a reason the camera's on the sidelines and up, and mm-hmm. like you have an overhead view, so you can see the plays and understand the game. Yeah. That's all. That's that. Okay. That's not. All. That's a lot of what Overwatch needs to do, and then have your your announcers educate people on what's going on with the gameplay from the perspective of what the viewers watching. Yeah. That's the only way this is going to continue to grow beyond just a hardcore fan base. Yep. All right. Well, I stole this topic from Jazzy, so we're gonna use this as a great transition piece to slide right over into some esports. Welcome to Summoner's Rift. So this is a little bit risky. Oh my god, Freiburg, are you kidding me? Ambition steals the Elder Dragon! Oh, let's break it! Damn! Alright, so we already have the news that C9 has done it. London Spitfire come out. They are the champions of the Season 1 of Overwatch League. But that is not what I want to talk about in sports today. Today I want to bring Deadite and I want to bring Grimlock into the studio because I want to talk about esports gaming houses. Alright, we're going to have Tess kind of roll a little slideshow here of OMG, or Team Oh My Gods, Space Station gaming training facility. Is it actually in outer space? It is not in outer space, but it is designed to look like it is in outer space. And it basically I'm holding looks my instant thoughts. I'm holding like thoughts. a space station. So we've We'll be able to see these if you're on uh, twitch.tv. You'll be able to see the slideshow of uh, OMG Space Station. If you are listening, I will post this in our Discord in the MOBA channel. Um, But basically with this space station (laughs) gaming house and then Team Vitality having a castle-like gaming house... And we've seen many of the North American teams do a MTV Cribs type of video for their gaming house. Like, are they getting out of control? Are they trying to one-up each other with these gaming houses? Okay, so you asked me the question, are they getting out of control? My answer is simply this. Yes! (laughs) This? Okay. Does it exist already, or is the? Oh yeah, this is as of 2017. This is created. They are playing in the PUBG team and the league team is in this facility. The bedrooms literally look like prison cells, like future prison cells. That's what uh, my first thought was. This looks like how you brainwash people with sensory deprivation. (laughs) Like like everything's gray. Everything's hard hard lines. It's Ready Player One, where they're all in those little cubes with VR heads that's locked on their heads. This is. It's too much. Like just ha- like it's one thing to be a hunter thieves and show us a nice house that that's gonna you know that they're lucky to live in and, and get special treatment and all that stuff. This is like I don't even get it. Why? Why I, why do you have a spaceship house? Why? I'd hate it there. <laughs> I th- I think if I if I lived in that house, it would get real old, real like like visiting this I, visiting this place. I'd be like, oh man, this is super cool. I like the look of it. I like the layout. The second I'd have to stay here a day, I'd be like, okay, yep, I'm done with this. I figured it out. I know exactly what's going on here. There's a serious lack of windows to the outside. They don't want these kids to know that there's a real world out there. <laughs> it's like you you sit in your chair, you play your game, no, you no. get on, you get into your cell. They bring in toddlers, they grow them, they yes. grow these kids into gaming phenoms. They never know the never, light of day. Yeah, exactly. 
they, they training yeah. facility because I, they breed the uh, the gamers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's literally the Matrix now. Yeah, but that looks like a super villain lair. Elon yeah. Musk probably lives there. <laughs> oh, there it is. I expect you're like you're like me because because we're recording on a special day, right? We're a day late. It's Tuesday, but normally on a Monday, I like to try to drop my Metroid my Metroid plug. Now I expect weekly to get an Elon Musk plug from yeah. you. I I almost expect it every week. The the week we don't he, get it, I'll make sure you're feeling okay he needs to he needs to be stopped okay but, I we, mean, look at this 40 built though this this minion this minions he he's creating has. more musks oh yeah he's he's definitely has a hand in trying to create some sort of army in there I, this I, legitimately looks like a level from golden eye like it looks <laughs> <laughs> it does it does it's too much like yeah, yeah. what at what point are you distraction taking, right. a distraction that's that's what i was going to say too at what point are we just are we just trying to to have these companies uh, play who could who could build a cooler house and distract from the fact that what they're supposed to be doing is using this as a training facility to try to better their esports organization. So with Team Vitality, they have a castle-like house where it looks like a medieval castle. Like you don't need that as as your gaming house. You just need a house that is set up properly for you to be able to train and work on things you need to work on to become a better organization in your esport. Now, Jazzy, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, you and I are the co-chairs of the future planning of the GameZilla media teams that, you know, someday when we break it big, we're just going to have all these sweet teams and we're going to build our own house. And you and I were talking, we're going to build a cabin in the remote woods. It's just one room with a a, a pit that you crap in the middle. (laughs) Yeah, But but you're out there, it's nature. There's some real world attached to it. And uh, you're going to build it by hand. That's true. And um, just to go off of what he's saying, we're you don't still going to play have- video games in it. <laughs> you just sit in the corner and listen to this show. <laughs> no, there will there'll, there'll be there'll be My god, that's a horror listen, movie. There they'll be they'll be gaming, okay? But we're going to ensure that you are all wearing virtual boys. <laughs> that, that we're going to ensure that you don't waste any time with things like the, we're putting you in the outdoors as a reminder that you'll never go outside again. Okay? Cuz you'll have a chair in which the pit is actually going to have your chair's going to have like a little slide. So you're just not even going to get from the chair, you're going to you're just going to go in your chair which will then slide it into the Below pit, the cabin. right? Yeah. And, and then, we're going to be miles away so they can't run away. Yeah. Oh, we're also we're also removing their legs. You don't need <laughs> legs right. to play video games. Right. And you don't need to eat because we're just going to IV. Jazzy, Jazzy and I are accepting applications for the GameZilla Media esports teams as we speak. So send your uh, emails to info at GameZillaMedia.com. Loser, this is a great idea for season three of Overwatch League. <laughs> your gaming. <laughs> Satellite okay. Okay. prisons for your gamers. But anyways, I want to hear what the fans have to say. In the MOBA chat in Discord, I will put up the pictures and or sites that you can go see. Uh, OMG, the Chinese um, team's uh, gaming house. I will also put up the link to Team Vitality's Gaming Castle. Oh, it's a Chinese, then, wait, that's a Chinese team? It's a Chinese team. OMG is oh, a Chinese team. Oh, now it makes sense. Yep. Those, those, that is a prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's an actual prison. Yeah. Um, you know, a breeding facility. You don't perform, <laughs> you go to the dungeon. Yeah, that's... 
So. If you go in the basement, you don't come back. That's for sure. <laughs> right? You'll be like, top laner? Yeah, we got three more waiting to take over your spot, so you better perform. They're just being fed by a tube in the basement, like, <laughs> clicking, like, I'm going to see the upstairs soon. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyways, I will also... like the Chinese people are goblins now or something. Yeah. <laughs> I will also just the ones in the basement. <laughs> some of the North American uh, MTV-style... Cribs uh, gaming videos uh, where they show you the gaming houses over here in NA and you uh, tell me what you think in the discord uh, are they getting out of hand over in uh, China there in the uh, gaming uh, gaming house again the answer is yes (laughs) eat your cardboard shavings and get back to playing (laughs) oh but that's what I have for esports this week I just wanted to get your perspective on the gaming housing industry and uh, we'll kick it back to the studio for more talk about uh, our future gaming house. Yeah, that I- we gotta start shopping for land. We gotta use the start saving up our Patreon money here to start shopping for land for the Gamezilla yeah. training. It cabin. ain't gonna cost that much. I'm gonna. It's gonna be cheap land. Yeah, Don't worry. Good, good. We're gonna have it yeah, right next to a dump or like a nuclear waste yeah, site or like something. A, like an old uh, the place they were ripped down old psych hospital. Can we buy Zug Island? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a local reference. It's a small island in the Detroit River, just full of toxic waste. Yeah, perfect, perfect. I think that worked. It's time for Muster Bus. Ooh, let me get the button ready here. In concert, they would fight this evil in a duel to the death. This war was an all-out effort whose ultimate purpose was to save our planet from total destruction. Must or bust? This week on Muster Bust, we have Chasm, a Metroidvania-style game for the PS4 and the PlayStation Vita. Oh man, the Vita's Chasm. not dead. It lives. It lives. I'm it playing lives. this on the Vita. I have a reason <laughs> to turn to, my Vita just on, which means on you're not Vita. playing this game. <laughs> man, you're probably right, but it does look really cool. Do you even know where your Vita charger is? No. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Vitas work off of tears. They don't need charging. All right. Uh, so yeah, Chasm looks really cool. Coming out July 31st. The Master of Mayhem is a really interesting game coming up from the Nintendo Switch and PS4. It is a hand-drawn, like, uh, bullet-held action game. Hmm. And it the it's, like, on paper, though. So, like, it's yeah. all just, like, you know, stick figures and Is crazy. it coming to Switch also? Yes, Nintendo yeah. Switch and yeah. PS4. Okay. Uh, August 1st. And it, um, <laughs> all the sound effects are, like, recorded from mm-hmm. someone's mouth. It's like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah. They should have called me. I know. <laughs> to get my 22 like, sound. Missed I know. opportunity yeah, by huge, them. Huge missed opportunity, but that's coming out. Looks uh, looks very interesting. We have the Road to Ballhalla. That's right. I said it right. Road to Ballhalla. It is a music rhythm game mm-hmm. with where you basically have to steer a ball. Real, real quick, time out. Raise your hand if you own this game. I don't own this game. I do. Oh, you own, you own yeah, this game? Yeah, I own Road to Ballhalla. On Steam? Yeah, on Steam. Yeah. I got it in a, uh, a Humble Bundle. Have you played it? Yeah. Okay. It's okay. It's Right, but but do you enjoy the fact that no matter if you're good at it or bad at it, it mocks you? Yeah, yeah. It, it There's degradation involved. I wasn't very good at it the, the couple times I, I fired it up and played it. 
Um, I think it's going to be $15 on the Switch. Ooh, that's a little steep. Yeah, I think at that price it's a bust, but if it hit that $5 price point, because I'm a, I'm an old school Marble Madness guy. Jesse, you like Marble Madness Oh, too. yeah. Yeah, I think I think it could be worth a play if it, if the if you see it on sale. I was really intrigued by the idea that it is a, like there's a serious uh, angle of trolling yeah. from the game to the, to the player, no matter if you're doing well or not. So I was like, okay, I can get behind that. The not- gimmick might be worth it because... We bought bought Electric Super Joy thinking it said Electric Super J, and then the fact that they oh, had like those yeah. morning noises like made that game worth like it was a good platformer. We're not taking away from that, but the the addition of that crazy cork to the game every made time it more you'd enjoyable. like make a successful jump, some sort of like sexual like <laughs> oh yeah sound would come out what game when was this electric when you, super j what platform Enjoy. did you buy this on uh, uh, i think i have it on ps4, PS4. cross play with the playstation vita it's still alive um let's we <laughs> screw nba like that we were gonna play we're playing super horny jam or whatever you called it <laughs> yeah that's it that's it it's a very entertaining game so also extremely difficult so super difficult never um, mind don't want to play yeah uh next up i have not a hero super snazzy edition uh this is an interesting like isotopic 2.5d like action shooter I- isometric yeah, sorry, isometric. Sorry, I said isotopic. <laughs> Get no big deal. Bring, bring <laughs> deal. you know, some physics or chemistry. Yeah, science. You know. I'm not a science guy. I'm the yeah. math guy. So. Yeah. But uh, anyways, it's <laughs> yes, uh, a science guy. It's <laughs> like it, it's an 8-bit form, and it looks it looks kind of like ri- ridiculous on the level of of um um. Uh, oh my god, I forgot the bro the bro game. Bro force. Bro force. Just chaos, sl- like. Crazy sliding, crazy, crazy weapons. Uh, you can take cover in this game and do all sorts of weird stuff from cover in this 2.5D game. And basically, you are a professional assassin that's been hired to be a campaign manager to clean the city for this mayor. It's it's chaos and ridiculous all mixed together. What's was, the mayor's name? Uh, Bunny Hip Hop or something like that. Oh, it man. was a free PS Plus game getting close to a year ago now. Yes. And I I played it for about 10 to 15 minutes. So this one's a bust for me because I played it for free and didn't really enjoy it that yeah. much. Yeah, and it's coming, this is coming to the Switch. Yeah, if, if I put more time in it, maybe I would have enjoyed it more. But the little time I played with it, I, didn't, I wasn't into it. And then my uh, my last one I wanted to bring up was one for, for Testonomics. Guns, Gore, and Cannoli 2. August 2nd for the Nintendo Switch. And uh, you're picking right up uh, with good old Vinny and continuing his storyline. Tess, what do you have to say about Guns, Gore, and Cannoli? I mean, it's going to be a good... It's probably the first true contender for Game of the Year for 2018. <laughs> you're not that's wrong! That's come out yet. That's The horns are coming out. It's it's the game. It's the I think it's game. a four-player co-op it this is, time. And yes. it's online co-op too, yep. I think. Yep. So maybe we'll get me and the other Hecka Italian guy in our Discord community, The Glitch, see if we can get us on a couch somewhere playing some Guns Gore and Cannoli 2 on stream. Will you guys eat cannolis while you play? Oh, I feel like thousand percent. I feel like there will be all three parts of the namesake of the game during my stream. Yes, yes. We'll have guns, there will be gore, and of course we're going to eat some cannoli. They're going to play with Al Gore. 
maybe what well, maybe <laughs> I was once I said that <laughs> I'm like I could totally I know how I could work in guns and cannoli I'm not quite sure how I'm working gore into the stream <laughs> but I think we just have little Al Gore sound bites and there we go <laughs> a theoretical <laughs> lock box <laughs> <laughs> I invented the internet. I mean, we couldn't play <laughs> online without him, so if it wasn't for him inventing all the internet. That's true, that's true. All right, well, that's been our muster bust. You can read a more in-depth coverage of these games and maybe a few extras on my blog that's hitting the uh, website today, so you'll see it. Uh, you'll see it if you go to gameslimity.com and you can read more about what these, like the actual like what this game is my muster bust on it and why it's a muster bust and what what systems it's coming out on so all right anything else guys we gotta we gotta close we gotta wrap this up so what do we have left that i what haven't we covered i think we've done a good job grabbing a a little rundown of this week in in video game news but there's always cool stuff happening at gamezillamedia.com like exclusive patreon content dropping uh, on our Patreon page and we have blogs on our GameZilla Media website and we have uh, other podcasts. Jazzy, what's your favorite other GameZilla Media show? Um, the one that I can honestly say and you know, I don't want, you know, Grimlock or anybody to hear this, so hopefully they're not listening, but I listen the most to Noobs and Dragons when I am not listening to uh, the shows here. Uh, no offense to the other shows, they are great. I did catch a uh, couple episodes of the Last Action Podcast today. I'm really enjoying that. And uh, an episode of The Legend of Retro, which I'm a little behind on, but I did uh, get up to the episode with Test and the... Um, Ogre Battle 64. Ogre Battle 64 that he was a part of, so I'm enjoying them all, but... Ooh, ooh. Yeah, Grim, do you need to use the bathroom? No. Oh, I okay. just want to say I know why Jazzy listens to Noobs and Dragons. It's because he likes to listen to himself as a female. That's super reasonable. It's, it's 2018. Yeah. Yeah. He, ain't, he ain't lying. I just want to say he is a much better Tilly than he is a Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> also not lying. <laughs> Uh, don't forget, uh, we have, we're we on YouTube, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. New Facebook page, GameZilla Media on Facebook. We just launched it a couple weeks ago. It is our new home on Facebook. If you like the previous page, Motor City Gaming, uh, we don't really post things there anymore. We're, we're, we're ma we've made the move. We've moved. We're out of there. Go like the page, share it, tell your friends about it. Uh, we need to regrow our presence on Facebook, and we need you to commit to giving us that like. It doesn't cost you anything to give us an old like ski, an old Polish like. Nice. Uh, and then did you did did anybody hit stream team? What's uh, the stream? Hit team? him with what? With a bat. Yes. If you crave more <laughs> video content, live video content from GameZilla Media, check out some of the premier streamers that we represent, like Spectre XV, like Matrick on stage, like the Deadite Knight himself, or the most handsome streamer we know, Testonomics. Make sure you're checking out the GameZilla Media community on Twitch and... Uh, you can always find them hosting us here, so make sure if you're stopping by, you follow this channel and you'll find everybody else. There you have it. So, I don't have anything else to say. Thank you for hanging out on episode 218 of the Games Little Podcast. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on! on. Well, what about those hands, Jazzy? I can't believe you...
did you got arms from the library again? I thought we talked about this. <laughs> Don't divert the subject. <laughs> <laughs>